listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, episode 167. Today, mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with Super Bowl champion Michael Coe to talk about how he dealt with adversity throughout his professional career and his perspective on mental toughness as a football player. If you want to know more about how he got through his first and second injuries and came back to the game, then this is a must-listen episode. Ready to raise your game? 2021 is the year to increase your performance on and off the field. The Athlete's Edge Journal was designed to cultivate self confidence and mental resilience through the power of sports psychology. Whether you are a professional athlete, a former college athlete, or have aspirations of greatness in the future, this journal is for you. Visit winthementalgame.com and use the promo code GRANTPAR20 to receive a 20% discount at checkout. Act now to take your mental game to the next level. What would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? NeuroPeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit NeuroPeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. Hey, Michael, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Like Good. This is uh this is going to be a fun show because again I say this a lot especially when I have football players on the show but we're just going to be two football players talking shop hitting the ball back and forth and uh, we're going to learn about your mindset but also learn how you dealt with adversity throughout your professional career so I'm really excited to share your story with my listeners. I appreciate you having uh, having me on man it's uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. All right. All right. All right. So Man, knowing your your career and the things that you had to go through uh, with all the adversity, you had to be mentally tough. You just had to. All the levels, injuries, moving from team to team. So when you think about mental toughness, uh, what does that mean to you? Mental toughness, what that means to me, um, I would say the ability to take your mind where it needs to go to finish whatever task that you need to finish. Um, now, however you get there, I think a lot of times you always hear coaches, you got to push through, you got to push through, but what does push through look like? Right. Sometimes like guys get angry and they draw on that emotion of pushing through. But I, I tend to think of, cause the pain, the angst, the, um, push back, maybe the resistance that you get, it's still going to be there, right? Even when you're taking, you know, I got to push through, ah. but mentally you have to be able to take your place, take your mind to a place to withstand the pain, with, withstand the, the restraint and actually push through that. So focused still on what you're asked to do, but taking your mind to a place that can propel your body to do what you need it to do. So that's kind of what I think about mental toughness. It's not so much of a thing. It's more of a a calming thing. It's more of a, Hey, take your mind where it needs to go. You know, it's a great point because a lot of times athletes, 
when they get in a very high pressure situation or a chaotic situation and they need to push through what happens when they push too much, they end up breaking and, and that's where you get the breakdowns. But what you're saying, and we talked about this before the show is about bending. So if you can, if you can actually focus on the task at hand and bend through it, not break through it, but bend right. through it, then that's where the, the resilience comes in, the grit comes in, all that. But um, I, I love that. And, and I know that my listeners have heard me say this hundreds of times on the show, but I asked that question for a reason, because we all know what mental toughness means, but we all have a different re representation or relationship with it. And I would say there's, I don't know, one or two people out of almost 200 episodes that have said like the exact same definition. So yours is different. Like you had a different view of it. And so I just think it's a word that we use a lot in sports, but we all have a different meaning to it. Wow. I never even thought about it like that, but yeah. I, and, and even at the end of that, right. You know, and to give encouragement to even your listeners, when you start to be versatile and you start to bend, there comes another wave of, I mean, we talked about energy, but a confident energy with that. Yeah. Right. When you're in that little muck, better words, yeah. <clears throat> trying to figure out how to push through and you take your mind to a place, there's this new renewed, I would say, strength or confidence. It allows you to ride that last wave, like in the backstretch of a 100, you get, uh, if you're running the 400, that last, last yeah. turn, I, I feel like you get that renewed energy and that confidence um, that <clears throat> now when you're met with that same, maybe undertaking, there's a, a an influx of positive because you've been there before. I've been worse before. This is nothing. So you, you can, you know, positive uh, affirmations through yeah. a lot of those things, but still take your mind to the place where it needs to go because now it's you embrace that. You relish that. You want that, you know, and I, I think it hypes you up. I don't know. That's, maybe that's a football thing. No, it, it used to hype me up. <laughs> <laughs> me too. But you know, the thing is what's really important about mental <clears throat> toughness is that it's one thing that, you know, you have a certain mindset to be mentally tough in that, in that moment, but it's about how you talk to it. And that's, and you were just talking about how you're having this, this inner dialogue with yourself to get you through it. Right. So if you're not talking to yourself, you're leaving the opportunity for you to listen and you don't want to listen to your thoughts, especially when you're performing, you want to talk to it. That's why like the, you know, self-talk is huge, but even talking out loud and people are like, really? I'm like, yes, it's actually 10 X more impact saying something out loud. And if you look at professional football players like yourself, man, that's all they're doing. Wide receivers, cornerbacks, free safeties. They're just talking out loud when they're getting warmed up. Right. Mm -hmm. So the right. more you can talk to things instead of listening to things, that will help you to be mentally tough as well. I love that. I love that. Uh, you just reminded me of, uh, and that's really, you know, we talked about trash talk and how, and it's not really derogatory. And sometimes it's just, you know, you talking to a receiver, you break on a plastic, you're like, ooh, boy, you see that break? Ooh, it's going to be a long day for you. You know, it's more or less like something like that, you know, legs feeling good today, you know, those kind of, those kind of things that, you know, you keep telling yourself. I know what I would tell myself sometimes, especially during two minutes, just, uh, you know, get back to the basics, Mike. Tell, I tell myself fundamentals, 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 because you already know, right? It's not speaking negative that you know that you're going to be a little winded, right? That's just a kind of par for a course. Like in a golf course, you're going to have some dog legs, right? You know, that's going to be there. So certain things that you can't, <clears throat> I hate using that word, but 
there are certain things that you won't get around, right? You have to go through that. You understand that, you know, no matter how much running you do in the off season is different when you're playing against uh, in an NFL game and you're playing against guys that run four, three, four, four, you yeah. can run all day. It's just, it's just different. <laughs> so you're going to get a little winded, but you know, what you tell yourself is back to the fundamentals, back to the, I just, I used to repeat that to myself all the time. Fundamentals, 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 hear the call, line up, execute fundamentals. And that's it. I wouldn't worry about making a play. I just make sure my alignment's right. You right. know, eyes on it, those kind of things I would tell myself, cause that's what I could control. Outside yeah. of that, I couldn't control anything. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And there's, and I love this cause we, man, we can totally like focus on this because the talking piece, there's there are two different kinds of self-talk. So there's the instructional, like what you're talking about fundamentals and walking yourself through the process to keep you focused or there's motivational self-talk. So I have, I show this film of all these NFL players. Most of them are wide receivers, but, um, and there's a few other positions, but Randall Cobb, there shows this, him getting warmed up before a game. And all he's saying to himself is be great today, be great today, be great today. And he says enough times and he like, he runs back and he goes, I am great today. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. but he's saying it so much that if you're hearing that and you're believing that, when you need to be mentally tough, man, you've already positioned yourself because you're going to be great in that moment. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Randall's a great competitor, man. I worked out with him a few times and uh, yeah, that's right. I think DBs and rec- especially DBs, we're always probably the ones that are doing that, but we're, you're always on that Island. So you do, yeah. nobody's out there with you in your mind. So you got to learn how to defeat that uh, as long and that, that person that you're physically going against. So I remember I would tell myself I'd break the huddle. My my I would say dominate this rep because yeah. I get in my mind to like just focus in, like being here in the now. Just be now. Dominate now. Yeah. Forget what happened in the last rep. Forget now. It's <clears throat> you know I, I often tell a story. It didn't really happen to me per se, but you know you can get beat for a fifty yard you know fifty yard gain, but don't let that play beat you again because you can miss the opportunity to intercept it and return it for eighty yards. You don't just because they caught a big pass doesn't mean they score. Like it ain't the play's not over, right? So you get another opportunity to make a play. So I, I tell that story. Obviously, I've gotten beaten, got caught on before, but I tell myself, you know, dominate this rep. Yeah. Just dominating this rep. And that's what I say. Like I get the play call, whatever, and I just tell that over to myself because that's what's the most important thing at that point, right? Is this rep right here. So exactly. I can win that. I can win this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's great that you bring it up yeah. because I, I believe the two most important words is now and next, especially in sports. So it's what you need to do right now so you can get prepared for the next thing. We call it next play speed. And you know, I have another show with with Jake Plummer. And we talk about this a lot on the show, but you know, Rod Smith always is just like, he tells a story about how Jake can throw like, you know, two interceptions in the first half, one for a pick six, and then comes back the second half and like throws three touchdowns and they end up winning the game. And Rod Smith would always ask like, how do you do it? And he's like, I get excited for the opportunity. Like I can't do anything about that interception or that pick six, but I know I have another shot at it. And if you give me another shot, I'm still going to take, I'm going to still take another shot on you. And more often than not, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to throw a touchdown against you. So he doesn't let that baggage pull him down. It's like, okay, what did I learn from it? Get excited. Cause I have another opportunity. I have another series, at least I have another three or four plays, you know? So 
that would just reminded me of uh, Matt Jones. I, I was at Arkansas. I played at Arkansas. And, like, I mean, I told you before, I was a receiver first. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, Tavares Jackson and Matt was there. And I just remember this specific time I was in the huddle with Matt. And he goes, you know, I'm younger. I'm just like, I'm trying to make sure I got to play. Hey, I got a diss, right? You know, just more positive confirmation. Wanted to, him, wanted to let him know I knew what I was doing. And Matt just looks over to me and goes, just make a play, bro. <laughs> and, I just, and I remember breaking the huddle. I'm just like, what? And as I matured through that, I got to understand. And I remember we were, we were losing to LSU with like a, maybe 50 seconds ago, somewhere in there. I don't want to hype the story up. People can Google it. Uh, it was 2002. They called a miracle on Markham, but I never forgot this. Matt, LSU just went down there and scored. It took the lead to that. It was probably 14, 13, the 13, 14 at that point with a minute left somewhere in there. And Matt sitting on there, like a full lounge on the bench, like he's six, six, right? So he has one leg way out there. He's yeah. Way back. <laughs> and everybody else is huddled up, ready to get on the run. And that's, and Matt be over there. He was just chilling, had his arms and his hands in his own hand warmer. And everybody's like, hey, you got to get ready. You know that, but that's not how he is. Right. And Matt kind of had the same response as Jake. He just get up. He just tell people like, man, it don't matter. You just get up. Like, ah, it's time to go win this thing. And exactly. that's what he did. And he really did. We went down there. We won. Uh, so I lied. The score was 14 to 20 because we ended up winning 21 to 20. He threw a touchdown pass and uh, we won the game. But <clears throat> it's just funny that you said that because it reminded me of that story of just having the opportunity to go. Don't put more pressure on yourself than it's already there. It, you don't need to just go exactly. out there, go win the game. As we said, I'm about to go win this thing. He just got up. It wasn't a cocky thing. It was just no. more of a, like, he was just really, Matt's really chill. So it wasn't nothing like, Oh yeah, you, you know, you got uh, reinvigorated with his little speech. It was just like, eh, I'm just getting up, like, you know, just getting totally. on the couch. And that's how he, that's how his approach was. Yeah, man. It's like this supreme confidence. You know, it doesn't have to be this a boisterous, like confidence. It's just, let's go do it, man. Let's, let's trust our training. Right. 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 So my, you know, obviously we're talking about mental toughness uh, and I know there's hundreds of situations, stories, experiences of mental toughness within your journey. But if you were to reflect on your career, when you think about where you had to be mentally tough, can you share a specific time where you had to be mentally tough? I think a lot of times when I, when I think about <clears throat> my journey and, and if I just, it's hard to not think about all those injuries that I had. Uh, that's the best ability by way, by the way, is availability. And uh, it kept me around for about seven years, but just kept, <laughs> injuries caught up with me. Um, you know, I didn't really get hurt until I got to the NFL. So um, having that, that first injury um, and then, having the second one uh, and back to back years at the end of my, my rookie year, I got hurt against the Chargers in the playoffs. And then coming back from that, I tore my, a lot of stuff off the bone, right? I had a re, basically reconstructive surgery and then I come back first preseason game. I, I'm guarding uh, was his practice right before the game. Uh, Pierre Garcon, he runs like a double move. I end up going up, getting the pick, coming down meniscus, tore it off the bone, done. Season's over with after just getting back, and I'm telling you all this to kind of lay what I'm about to say. And then I end up getting injury waived. <clears throat> After that year, the Colts injury waived me. 
uh, we had seven drafted corners. I was one of the seven. Um, we had two uh, second rounders, a first rounder, two thirds, <clears throat> and I was the fifth round draft pick. So at that point, not being available and uh, going to another team organization, went to the New York Giants, and I played my rookie year. And so I didn't think I was eligible for practice squad. And, but they change the rules, you know, every year. Yeah. So they put me on the practice squad. So you're talking about going from playing in the playoffs just two years ago, almost a season and a half ago, playing in the playoffs as a rookie. Um, and I pretty much played after week five, I think of my rookie year, I played the rest of the time after I got that opportunity. So you're going from being on an active roster, getting active roster checks, getting that baby able to play and kind of starting to feel like you're earning your, your spot. And the Colts had just won the Super Bowl the year before I got there. So this is a Super Bowl team. Um, and you're just trying to find your way, but having those things happen, then going to another team and then being on the practice squad, man, that, that was probably the, um, the, one of the hardest mentally things that I'm thinking I went through at that, up until that point. So that was, that was really hard to deal with. Not that, oh, the practice squad is bad. It just being able to, you know, you worked, your worked, you work to mm. finally get drafted and you earn it, you earn it. And you're, you're, you know, you start making waves to get hurt, to get hurt, to get injury waves. Now you're on practice squad. <laughs> so it was, right. just, it was like, boom, 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 boom. And um, I just knew the only way to, you know, get, maybe get back there is you got to come out swinging. And my mom always used to tell us that, you know, and I think I said to you, I have a big, big, big family. She always said, you know, give yourself a day. Stuff is bad happens to so you. Give yourself a day, but tomorrow, you got to. You basically got to make that decision. What do you want to do? Totally. And and I think that's where I was there. Do I want to quit football? Absolutely not. Do you feel like you're better than that? Absolutely. So, <clears throat> not about proving pre- people wrong. You don't owe nothing to nobody but yourself. So I think at that point, that's all I had. Is for myself in a sense, in a, in a, in a sense, you know, just yeah. the self-respect for myself uh, to accomplish what I set out to accomplish. So I would say that was really, man, it's really hard. That's a, that's a humble pill to, to swallow right there. Big time. And I, and I love the advice from your mom, that 24 hour rule is, is, yeah. is sometimes it's a little too long, but still got to give yourself 24 hours to either celebrate something or to work emotionally through something. Um, and you shared a little bit about kind of when you went through all that and then you're on a practice squad and you shared a little bit about, you know, this is not, this is not, I don't want to quit this, but what was, what was the, the dialogue? What was it like when you've, you've riding the highs and lows. Now you feel like you're, you're still playing football, but you're on a practice squad. What was that inner dialogue? Like, like when you're sitting with yourself in a room, and you've dealt with all these injuries and the transitions. What was going through your I mind? I would say the biggest dialogue was, um, man, I would just be praying, man. Because I, I, mean, I would lie if I told you that maybe this football thing wasn't for me. That's what I was thinking about. Maybe this isn't for me. Like, yeah, I remember before I got picked up by New York and that's what they did initially. Um, I was thinking that. But with that opportunity I got, by being on the practice squad, um, the dialogue from myself, I think it was a confidence knowing that I knew I could play there, you know, just not measuring yourself up a little bit, just the competitive part of yourself is like, I can play here. 
I know that I'm good enough. I know that I'm good enough. And that dialogue, I'm going to show them every day, every rep. It didn't matter. Um, they had me returning kicks in practice. Uh, I was, like I said, I play receiver sound. I mean, a lot, <clears throat> whatever. I'm going to make them notice me. And my point, my whole, and I tell a lot of kids that it's like, just leave no doubt. If you just focus on leaving no doubt, if you're the best one, show them. Leave no doubt in everything you do, every drill, leave no doubt, every pass, how you work, uh, weight room, everything. Just leave no doubt. And I think once you can be there at that point, you're not going to give yourself no excuse. Then you can live with wherever the chips may fall. And that's right. kind of where I felt like, you know, I'm just going to leave no doubt. Mike, you feel like you're the best one? Because I hear a guy say that. Man, I feel like I'm the best one. Leave no doubt then. <laughs> make them make them play you. Exactly. And that's what my, um, my mom just told uh, She told me a long time ago, you got to make, make them play you. She's a coach too, right? So English right. teacher and coach, she would say, make them leave, uh, make them play you. You got to make them play you. And, and then when I start to really digest that, I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't care where they play me. So I had make them play me. So if you leave no doubt, like we have to keep this person. We don't know where we're going to put them, but we have to keep them. Let them figure that part out. You just leave no doubt that you are one of the best people out there. So that was, that was really my mindset, you know, and when tough times hit, even during there, um, that was frustrating, you know, but <clears throat> Hey, uh, they brought another guy in and they activated him and didn't activate me. So I was like, wow, it was like a slap in the face. I was like, I've been here for like four or five weeks and well, they think this dude is better than me. Okay. So right. <laughs> it was exactly. one of those things. And totally. then I got my number called one time, man. And that was it uh, on the active roster and never looked back. You know, when you think about injuries, right. And you're also not only are you dealing with the, the injury itself, but you're dealing with transition from team to team. Like right. a team is ready to move on from you. Right. And you have to deal with those right. emotionally. So when, when we're an, well, any athlete, when they're dealing with an injury, the number one thing you're trying to do is to recover and rehab, but you're trying to build confidence back in your body. So when you go back to your sport, you don't have to think about it more often than not. That's what athletes are like. What if I hurt it again? Right. So we're trying to get to the point where you're not even thinking about that because you've done the work and you trust it. So considering that almost every team that you play for, you had an injury or injuries, how did you deal with trying to build confidence? Was it tough? Did you ever question your body? Uh, is it, is it, is it going to hold up again? And I know this is a loaded question. How important is it to have a good coach, head coach or position coach to help you along with, with that, with these injuries? Wow. Yeah, that's, that is a lot. It, it, and it is, um, man, I will, uh, I'll take, I'll take the last part where you said, I think, it is great to have a coach that understands. Um, I think I was, I know I was very blessed to have Coach Dungey in Indianapolis, a coach that understands, actually a coach that played the game at a high level and obviously coached it and won at a high level. And me having an African-American coach, the first one to win um, a Super Bowl and to play for that guy and just the way he carried himself as a man. Um, so there was already, um, a level of respect there. So I said that to say the fact that when he actually talked to me, it, it breathed a lot of it breath, it breathed a lot of confidence. Hey, it's okay. Uh, my grandma had died 
coming off that uh the guy wow. man i just feel like i'm just gonna tell you more bad stuff <laughs> my grandmother had passed away uh in between before i left the indy and then went to new york because i was still hurt i actually went to new york when they put put me on the practice squad i had i tore my groin at first preseason game and warm-ups so after that shoulder injury i told you about came back the knee came mm. back after that knee and after that knee the first preseason game wow put my groin against the vikings in warm-ups and mind you, I've never gotten hurt. So I didn't really have to ever deal with it. I had soft tissue things like hamstring tweaks in high school, or college, yeah. but nothing like that really had to require surgery, but never tore a groin. But, uh, so it's like, so it's like to go back to, to your point. Um, it was awesome just to have somebody, you know, put their arm around you and breathe that competency. And a lot of the teammates, it was important. Some of those guys that have been through it, journeymen throughout the league, or even the highs of highs, guys, the league guys, you know, had something to say to me. Uh, I remember Antoine Bethea came over and talked to me. He probably doesn't remember that, but I do. Just the fact that he had enough wherewithal to come speak to me and didn't have to. So I think that that your teammates are a big extension of how you see yourself um, because that's it's almost a, a mirror image of how they see you. Right. They, right. How they interact with you is kind of a mirror of what they how they see you as a person. So it's, it's good feedback for that. And just that to go back to your second question was more about how I dealt with the injuries and doing with a new team. Um, I think as I, as I matured in, in, you know, New York was is the best place for me at that time. Uh, most of the DBs were all Southern guys. SEC guys so it was it was uh I felt a little bit more at home there's a the scheme was more man what I kind of used to coach Dungey to play a lot of cover too so it's a little bit more familiarity I felt like I could maybe I'd be myself a little bit and you know it was but I think that was just a maturation that I went through going through those kind of things and uh feeling like hey I don't have to look like this I don't have to check this box you know, I oh. felt like sometimes, you know, as a rookie, you don't know what you don't know in, right. in that game yet. So sometimes you feel like you have to check this box. So I must look like this. And I think the good part, if there's any, the silver lining being hurt was you were just, I just was, the ones I didn't care because that sounds bad, but I just got to the more, I was more comfortable with me. I know how to deal with this. If I get hurt, oh, well. You know what I mean? And it was more of a night confidence and like, I know I can do this job. I can still perform. So uh, that helped me tremendously. That's awesome. I, I, I dealt with a athlete kind of similar, didn't play professional, but always had like from year to year and having injuries. So I was you know, talking to her and I was like, so how are you dealing with it? She's like, my body's proven to me that it can heal. So I'm still going to go hundred percent. I'm still going to let it ride. Cause if I still, if I get hurt, my body showed me multiple times it will heal. So I trust that. I'm like, good perspective. Right, right. And I think it does. Um, and I, I, tell, I try to tell athletes, don't think about your inner, inner um, your injury. It's hard. Don't think about your injury. Think about, see yourself or who you want to be when you come back. Who is that person? You got to start visualizing your success when you're hurt. And when the doctor says it's time to go, I mean, cut it loose. I tell God, cut it loose, man. Yeah. They say you're clear to cut it loose. And <laughs> I, I used to challenge myself when the reps, you know, they do say four sets of 10. I do four sets of 12. I do four sets of 15. It's all up to you, right? Yeah. How you heal and how you recover. It's, it's your choice. You choose to be who you want to be after this, right? So yeah. I think that athletes really have to understand and take ownership. Oh, I got hurt. You, you hurt your meniscus. So what? Who cares? 
who I mean, at the end of the day, not in a bad way, but in the grand scheme of things, who really cares? Right. Only person, nobody should care more about your health than you. Right. So if I'm hurt, the the only the best thing I can do is focus on how I'm going to be afterwards. So body weight squats, you know, one legged, they said, Oh man, you ready to do this? The doctor says I can do it. I'm doing it. And that and that just my mindset. I'm not going to restrain myself to allow doubt and things creep in. And then as athletes said that you that you talk to, um, you you're confident, you're confident in how you're going to respond. Right. I'm not, I don't right. care about that. Like if the doctor says I can do it, then I know that I can. So I'm going to make sure I said, and I hold myself to that standard. And I think going into every day to have that goal. And the goal is for me is to max out, right. Not put on, do everything that I possibly can do was max out in the far as my effort. And I think that's where the mental capacity or the, you can tell yourself, you can coach your effort. Mm. If you're hurt, you can coach your effort. You're the only one who knows if you're really pushing yourself. Nobody else knows. Exactly. So the win for me that day is a maximum effort. The, all the time. If I'm doing five, I'm doing 15. I'm doing 15 perfect ones. Yeah. And that gives me that confidence. Like, I can do this again and again. And then I repeat that. And I go, hey, well, I can do 30 of these. Like, I'm time for time for some pull-ups or time for some squats, man. You can do squats. I can do squats. I'm trying to tell you, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And and now you get competitive with yourself, right? And that yeah. gives you more confidence and more confidence in that it visualized. Wow, I came back stronger. And then every time I got hurt, I always did, I always tell myself I'm come back bigger, stronger, faster. And I did every single time. Bigger, wow. strong, definitely stronger, yeah. faster. So um that's your effort. That's the mindset, is your effort. That's what you can control. Yeah. And that's exactly it. It's like, um, it's what you can control is your effort. And, um, you know, out here in, in the Bay area, you know, there's a high school called Dale or De La Salle high school, um, which is produced incredible athletes, Samani Toomer, um, tons Ojo. Of yeah, exactly. Ojo. Yeah, it's my yeah. Guy. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and also, uh, DJ Williams and I mean, yeah. list goes on, but their whole culture is based off effort. It's called the effort culture. It's, even though they score 60, 70 points a game, 40 something points a game, it's not about the points, it's not about the touchdowns. It's all about the effort. If you want the results, you want those outcomes. If you want them, you have to put in the effort. So it's about doing perfect effort. Like that play, like it's not about perfection, but it's perfecting your effort because you can control that. And I, and I love that, that you bring that up about, um, about what you focus on and how it, that's in, it's in your control, you know, right. It's just, and it's true, but some people get ahead of themselves. They get caught up in the future. They get caught in the past. They cut, they got, they get caught on what it needs to look like. Right. And so if you just break it down and in, in its simplest form, just focus on the effort effort yeah and visualize what you want yourself to look like afterwards and i i say that because the day after my surgery i remember in new york already visualizing myself making plays and getting the pick i said i'm come back like this is before the rule where you can i was out for eight weeks is that you can put somebody on IR, or you know obviously bring them back so they hadn't put me on ir yet so i'm thinking in my mind shoot i come back like week eight or nine bro i'm about to get it like I, yeah. that was my, that was my mind. So I would go, that was my mindset. That next day they gave me that little machine that, you know, brings your knee in and out. <clears throat> I went to town on that thing and I put, <laughs> put the uh, game ready right next to it. Even when I was sleeping, 
I fell asleep. You know, they got you all doped up and I'm, oh, yeah. I'm in there. I set the alarm for 30 minutes, put the game ready on. I just kept doing it all night, all night. And my mindset was the visual I had of myself was making plays. And I said, that's who I am. So that's, I got it. And that's every day, every, every day, all the time. That was my vision of seeing myself doing those things. So it became a reality, right? Because that's what I got up and thought about all the time, all the time. So I wasn't bogged down about the injury because what I saw was myself doing it and yeah. doing it better, looking bigger in my pad. You know, I visualize my, you know, I got guns yeah. now. When you hurt your <laughs> knee, all you can think you do, you do is try and curl. So I, I'm going to have some guns. <laughs> <laughs> Beach muscles. I love it. <laughs> hey, man, my Monday night football game, you know, you're like, I'm about to look good on Monday night football. I'm exactly. About <laughs> I'm about to be bright. <laughs> Oh, I love it. It's all love that, it. right? You know, it's all that. It is, man. It totally is. Yeah. And I remember when I went through my, uh, when I went through my second hip replacement and I hadn't actually, I could barely walk for about four years, handicapped for four years after the first one. Um, and I remember, man, like I, I sat down like perfectly in a perfect squat on the toilet that night. And I looked myself in the mirror and went, I'm back. Like this is, and I started and I did about 10 squats with the help of the nurse. I'm all, cause I had never seen my left leg in 17 years be perfect in a squat. It was always sticking out to the left or it would be immense pain. So I was like looking down going, Oh my gosh, like I'm back. And then I remember that was a, I don't know, a week later when I started talking to the doctor, he's like, okay, don't do anything crazy for like four to six weeks. I'm like, so what does that mean? Crazy. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm ready to get this thing going. And it was within two weeks, man, I was doing like tons of squats, no weights, but I was doing light jog. Cause I'm like, I haven't done this in 17 years. So I was like, there was just something, again, it was my effort. I can control that, but I felt it. There was something renewed in my spirit of like, mm. it's game time. It's time to redesign who you are. And it was just, I just, I just went, went after it. And here yeah. I am today because of it. Yeah. I love that, man. That's, I can't believe I couldn't even fathom what that would be like, not, you know, sitting down and man, that's, that's tough. And, and you know, and too, I think what you learn with injuries as well as in life, there's going to be setbacks. And I, I think your expectations can't be, okay, now this is the worst thing to happen. No, you're going to have a setback, man. It's just what it is. So don't, yeah. but don't focus on that hurdle. Just know that it's, it's going to be there wherever it pops up. It's just going to pop up, you know, screw it. And if you can have that already built in your expectation, not build in that you're going to fail. Cause I, I hate right. when people say, oh, I don't believe in failure. Failure is only when you quit. Right. Yeah. You didn't have the outcome that you desired. That doesn't mean that's a failure, man. That happens. <laughs> that's exactly. not failure. <clears throat> so you didn't win that one. That doesn't mean you do. I don't think that you lose. I, I'm, I'm, I'm believing positive all the time. I yes. don't admit losing. That's not a loss. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I just didn't win that one. That's all I, that's all that happened. Right. Exactly. So, uh, I, I think that the mentality of preparing your expectations is, is, is so important too. you know, yeah. whatever they say your goal is, Hey, you should be back in nine to 10 weeks. My goal is eight to nine, eight, seven to eight weeks. It's yeah. always a little bit, totally. a couple of weeks before, but with that, you have to understand that, you know, when you do your knee, uh, you have to do the other knee as far as, uh, um, strengthening it right? You, whatever you do on this leg, you got to do on that leg too, because you don't want this to get weak in your hamstring. I start to learn all those different things, but you, you, with doing all that, you're going to have maybe a tendonitis or, uh, you know, a little hamstring is a little, you know, it's not yeah. firing right because a little weak, cause you haven't been using it. So knowing those going in 
I think it prepared me not to listen to it. Like you kind of said, I'm not listening to that part. That's yeah. whatever. I'm getting, I'm getting treatment though today, right? I'm getting my stem. I'm going to do that for, I'm going to push myself on that. If I have to actually stretching, I'm going to push myself because that's what I can control that part. Yeah. yeah. My hamstring sucks today. Nothing I can do about that. But what I can <laughs> do, I'm going to get great today. I'm going to curl. Hey, I'm going to do five sets of curls today though. I know that much. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I'm going to do something. <laughs> Got to get better at something today. Got you to do. get better at something today. Totally. <laughs> totally. hundred percent. Well, man, like there's, Man, I'd love to to start talking more because it seems like you visualize a lot and that was part of yeah. your routine. And, um, but be, be, I'll save that for round two when I get you back on the show here, but before we, uh, sign off, there's, there's a few different quite, or a couple of questions I want to ask you. And I kind of want to go back to the beginning of your NFL career, because I do this all the time when I have okay. former NFL players. Cause I can only imagine when you get drafted, I don't care what round you just, you get drafted. It is, it's just a moment. It's what you've been working for. You know, if you wanted to be an NFL player, you're working for that moment. So, you know, in 2017, when you got drafted by the Colts in the fifth round, share with my, with my listeners, like what was that experience like when you, you were drafted? Yeah. The 2007, actually 2007. You gave me a couple extra years. Oh, I, sorry I, about I, that. 2007. Yeah, that was good, man. Hey, if I could do it over, I got I got a couple years left. Uh, <laughs> no, um, no, I don't at all, bro. I could I, not at all. I would never do it again. But no, to your point, man, the the draft because it was. Uh, I think people probably don't understand so much preparation that goes into that thing, man. That's it's intense. Uh, it's the longest probably year that you ever have going from. Uh, college to the NFL because you basically jump right into another season. You end in, you know, December, January, and then you go to the combine, right? That's a short season. I played in the senior bowl and, you know, then you got the combine and then you got pro days and then you're, you workouts and then you get drafted. And when you get drafted, you're, you're thrown straight in the next, the next day week the rookie mini camp starts. So you're in it. Um, so I think the, the combinate, the, the culmination of all the ups and downs and then, <clears throat> that you uh, mentioned before they got transferred my last year. I played with my dad. So dealing with all that through the combine, it was a lot. And having my, uh, one of my high school teammates, he had went uh, the year before to the Texans as running back. So he came to be with me. One of my other best friends from Memphis as well was there. And my sisters was there. Um, my mom, my dad was coaching for the Raiders at that time. So he wasn't mm-hmm. able to be there, but uh, that was just, uh, Man, it was an overpour of emotion. Uh, something I dreamed about, like you said, as as, as a kid. Um, and that day, man, I, I thought I was going to go between two and four. That's what they told me. Um, three was realistic. That was the where people thought I was going to, you know, mid-third round. I, that's kind of where I was going to fall into that gap. And then I remember getting a call from the Packers at the end of the third round. That's when they used to, you know, just two days. Now we got all these days. I can't right. keep it straight now. But they called me at the end of the round three and said they were told me to wake up early. They're going to drag had two picks in the next 12. And I was going to be one of those picks. And so I was so jacked up. Man. I was, that was one of the teams that were kind of on me from the beginning. And I loved to, I was like, now I get to play and learn from Charles Woodson. This is going to be awesome. And out wow. there, I was like, that, man, this is because in my mind already, I was <clears throat> not demeaning. I, was, I, I knew I wasn't going to start. I thought it was like, man, this is a great opportunity to learn from me. Like, 
studs, yeah. especially yeah. at that time. <laughs> so I was so excited for that. And then, um, you know, long story short, I finally got that call from the, from the Colts. Another team called me and they didn't draft me there, but the Colts and man, I, I, I remember looking at the phone. I had one of those trios and my heart just sank. I saw, I was like three, one, Indianapolis. I didn't even know, um, because the chargers were on the clock, I believe. So when Indy called, I had no idea they were next. Oh, wow. <clears throat> they called me and man, and to talk to coach Dungey, I was like, man, I'm talking to coach Dungey on the phone. They had this. And like I said, they had just won the Super Bowl. They came off the Super Bowls. I couldn't oh, believe wow. it all just happened at one time. So it was a, it was a tsunami worth of emotion. I think um, my brother cried more than I did, man. He was just like, they were just so happy. So all the people that were positive influences for me, uh, encouraged me, were on that journey with me. It was good to share that with them in that moment. So it wasn't just about the draft. It was about everybody that, you know, coaches, uh, teachers, people that really stayed uh, a cheerleader in my corner. It was like, wow. I, the first thing I said, I was like, man, we did it. You know, that's, that was my thing. I was like, we did it. I didn't really think about myself. It was just everybody at that point. So, yeah. Did you ever think when you were younger in high school, obviously in high school, you were playing quarterback, but did you, I mean, obviously I can only imagine that your dream was to play in the NFL, but did you, did you ever think that you were going to be drafted in the NFL play for a Super Bowl champion team? Like, did you ever think that? I mean, uh, I'd be lying if I say I didn't. I did. <laughs> I mean, that's this. That's how you dream. That's yeah. how you visualize. I, I, I mean, I was dreaming about me playing receiver though, catching touchdowns, and you know, I thought about playing for the 49ers. I was like, oh man, I could be like, you know, if I get to the NFL, I can learn from like To or Jay Rice. That's what I was thinking. You know, I'd be the next one. You know, To there, and I go there. You know, that's kind of you know, you play those scenarios in your head before. <laughs> you actually know how it works. Right. Um, but I would say, yeah, man, I, I, that's why you dream. I feel like to be the best at it, whatever you're going to do when you dream, you want to be the best at it. You want to play with the best. You want to surround yourself with the best. Um, so, uh, in high school and I mean, obviously that's a long-term goal. I just, I wanted to get to college. I wanted to play against the best in the sec. That's why I wanted to do. And I did that. And I think, all those things are just little gems in your belt. I didn't really sit there to, and marinate on it. Oh yeah. I got a, I got a scholarship. It was like, okay. I, it was just more uh, congratulatory. Cause I checked that box as far as I'm on track for my goals. I yeah. think it was more that part. Didn't got it. Not that I didn't embrace the success. It was just kind of like when you work your butt off, you expect good things to happen. Right. So right. it wasn't so much like, <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. I'm going to, no, I was like, okay. What's next? Like, yeah. yeah what's next? Like, okay, I'm there. Now I got to really, you know, turn it. I got to turn it on, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, man, I'd be lying if I say I didn't, uh, I think that, you know, anybody that played, maybe it was just me. I could doubt that, but you definitely think about yourself on the biggest stage. Absolutely. It's awesome. It's awesome. One more question here before we close up when, and again, going deep. Um, yeah. When you reflect on your whole career, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? Oh, man. Oh, wow. What I've learned most about myself in the whole career where I played. Man. Well, I'll tell you this. I learned so much about life. I learned so much about, you know, I think my response to things. I think we kind of mentioned that before. Mm -hmm. 
I would say my response and how I cater my response to things in the environment that I am in and really realizing how mentally what I chew on affects my attitude. Mm. I would say those two things that kind of go hand in hand there, that's what I learned about myself. So I really had to be aware of what kind of energy of, uh, I know in communications and marketing, my degree is like, I would say like, what's your commercial? Kind of like, what are you telling yourself? Because you always remember the dumbest commercials, right? That play on TV. You remember those things. There's a reason why you remember those things. So with myself is really, what are you telling yourself? And your response. So it got to the point where I, I noticed my response was different by what I was chewing on, right? Yeah. Adversity was easy because I, I fed myself positivity all the time, right? That was, that became, I'm going to say easy. It's kind of like what you said. That I'm, I'm comfortable because I know my body can respond. I know that. Yeah. So what about when things are just, eh, you know, they're not bad. They're pretty good. Not fantastic, but they're pretty good. Yeah. So what are you <laughs> chewing on at that time? Yeah. And then all you, a lot of times what you notice is what you don't have. Things are good, but they're not great. They can be great. But you more focus on, okay, well, this guy got my reps today. That So you, ha- I had to learn how to like go into that mindset of like I was when I hurt, not play like I was. Like people like, oh, you got to have that mentality, that dogma. That's not so much that. Because once you're playing with a whole bunch of pros, people that are getting paid to play this game, they're very good at it. And they don't always need raw emotion. They don't pick me up. This is their livelihood. That's how they feed their family. So it's, it's just like any other job. But your mindset and how you approach your day and what happened yesterday, even with family or, you know what I mean? People got kids, all this kind of stuff. You have to really try to put that in its place. Not saying that you don't think about those things. Sit with it, feel it, and just kind of compartmentalize it in a healthy way. I think those are the things that I've learned about myself, that growth there. Mm. Um, because you, you're on this up and down roller coaster ride, right? Oh, Hurt, yeah. Injuries, you know, playoffs, not going to playoffs, cut, maybe traded. Don't know. <laughs> you know, you just, you keep, you keep going, <laughs> you keep going through that thing. And, uh, you can't trust your feelings, man. They lie to you because you, you'll be happy one minute, sad the next upset. So you have to really kind of focus here. And I think that's honestly, I know this is what we're talking about, but to, to be honest with you, that is probably the biggest thing that I learned about myself. And so my, what I chew on even now, if I'm going to have a conversation with my wife, I have to get myself in a position mentally where I might not like the feedback that I receive, right? right. But you have to go into it before knowing that, right? So that's a yeah. skill that I got from football that I can literally apply to relationships in life. Yeah. So that is well, definitely what I learned. You know, it's it's beautiful about that is that, you've, you've trained, but you also prepared yourself to respond. And, and I know that we, we want to train like no other, so we don't have to think about, and we just kind of react and we just kind of, and we just get into it. Right. But, but you've learned like with every interaction, with every experience, there is a response and we choose that response. And so you have learned through all the adversity and the up and down. And that's why I wanted you on the show because your story is filled with adversity. But again, with adversity, where there's a crisis, there's an opportunity. And, and if the only way you can get that opportunity is if you respond 
to it, right? And make the right dis- uh, re- response. So um, it's a it's beautiful that how you've gotten that you know throughout your career, how you've came to that perspective. Yeah, I mean, and you hit it on the head when when you have a setback, opportunity is knocking at your door. That's all. That's all you should hear. It's mm-hmm. opportunity to be better. It's opportunity to do whatever you want. You choose that though, and I think that's the biggest thing with 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 sports that I love. With no matter what sport. You can get knocked down, but you have opportunity to get up. You have opportunity yeah. to lay there. But how you want to be remembered, how you want to be defined, how you want your life to go, you have that choice right there. You have that opportunity. You have that choice to make it. And uh, <clears throat> I always tell people, I joke around with my friends. I always say, I don't have no choice because the other ones aren't options. Those are not even options. Right? <laughs> I literally yeah. don't have a choice. Like, I, man, I, I don't have a choice, bro. This it's, it's going down. Like you, that's kind of, that's where I was, but yeah. um, I liked that. I liked how you presented that, man. I, I didn't really think about it con- conceptually that way. Um, but no, you, you're, you're definitely right. Um, as I grew, I can, you know, impart that on other people, uh, my teammates, Oh yeah. Rookies that are coming in and I try to frame that, but I think it's a, it's a lot different. I didn't really grow up in the social media age. I kind of grew up in the tail end, you know, it started to come about when I was going into the NFL. So yeah, little different. Right. I would say out trials that I went through than some of these kids face now. Cause I, when people talk crap about me or social media, when it, when it started to get popular, like I was on uh, for Twitter and stuff when I was playing, I just, I didn't care. I grew up around it before, so it didn't really bother me. Right. And I see now this new generation, they, they're really into it. So it's hard to tell them like, you know, to your example about moving forward and put that they, it's so much a part of who they are. So yeah. it's just a difficult challenge for them. And uh, I don't envy that at all. Um, no. I think about what would Jordan be like if he had all that <laughs> oh all God. the time, man. all the I mean, time. That's, it's a lot. And, um, so the, 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 the men and women athletes that, you know, Maya Moore is one of my favorite and uh, Renee Montgomery just looking at things that they, they have accomplished, man. That if you have to worry about what everybody's going to say about you, man, you're, you're, you'll never accomplish what you want to accomplish. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, that's relieve like release that from yourself. <laughs> Big time. And, and what we talked about too, you know, with my dad being a coach and, and my mom coach and, you know, brothers playing college ball that sometimes there is those added pressures and what, and at the end of the day, I can't control that. That's always going to be an expectation because of the situation I'm in. So you're either going to, you know, go through it. Are you going to tuck your tail between your, you only have two, you don't have two choices, man. That's it. And so you're either going to brace it and go through, are you just going to, you know, screw it and quit whatever you want to do. Right. So I just learned that man. And, um, yeah. And it, it's hard to apply those things now and I transition to, 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 to corporate America. Corporate is not what football is. It's, it's great. That was hard. It's hard for me sometimes because I'm used to being early 15 minutes. And I, my first, and I know you gotta, gotta go, but I remember this, this story real quick. I, I first got my first job after retiring in, in 2015 and I worked at FanDuel. I had FanDuel it's here in Orlando and I uh, got on there and uh, one of my first days at work, I think first or second day at work, there was a meeting and um, uh, I get all my stuff together. I, I don't remember when the meeting was, but I got there at like 45. Nobody was in the meeting. And I sat there for like five, six minutes. And I'm like, I, and I go pack up all my stuff, go back to my desk because I sort of go look at, at the, the invite, right? Because 
I'm yeah. thinking that I'm either late or I'm in the wrong place. So, and then after a while, you know, you're used to knowing that you're going to get fined. So that that's just still the mentality that I had. Right. So I'm start now. I'm starting to freaking now. I'm starting freaking out. I don't see anybody else moving. I don't know what is going on. So I look back. It's like, oh, that's the room. That's it. That's the thing. And then and going in, I go there about 58. Nobody's there either. So I just like, man, I know this is room. I just sit here. People didn't come in to like two to five minutes late. And I just wasn't used to that. Yeah. And I'm looking at all these people like, I mean, what's going on here? You know what I mean? <laughs> I was not used to people not answering emails on time. Wasn't used to that either. Like, I'm right. like, yo, you said that was going to be done 30. What's the, what's the problem? You know? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, though? You were also, you were coached in, right. in Tom Coughlin's era. Right. Yeah, so yeah, coach Coughlin, right. it's, you know, if you're five minutes early, you're, you're late. <laughs> you're late. All my clocks of the day is funny. He's at 12 minutes past because his, his things was six minutes. So mine or top of that six minutes, another six minutes. So my watch 12 minutes fast, still, still rock it that I, way. I love it. Yeah, man. All my clocks gotta be early, man. You gotta, you got it, <laughs> man. Awesome, dude. This was, I mean, I can talk to you for hours on this stuff because there's so much to your oh, yeah. story. And, um, and I, and I, I, not only do I love your energy, but I, I appreciate it and honor the, the vulnerability with your story. And, and this is what the show is all about is to highlight people's stories and how the mental game or mindset played. Cause I know there's kids and there's other athletes, professional athletes, they're going through this stuff too. And yeah. so if they can learn from your story, man, that's, this is what the show is all about. Yeah. I, I thank you again for having me. I definitely enjoy my time. And, and if I can be any type of encouragement to anybody out there, any athlete, um, don't hesitate. You can follow me, Twitter, whatever you want to do. Um, please, you know, we're all here to help each other. We need each other uh, to survive. It's, it's bigger than the game, right? But these are lessons that you learn playing sports, definitely carry, carry you through, through a lifetime and uh, vice versa. I know I mentioned to you, my house burned down. So just even mentally preparing that before going to college and not having literally nothing but the mm. clothes on my back, you know, and just those <clears throat> uh, situations in your life, you start to understand that my mindset doesn't have to be dictated by my circumstance, right? And you really start to get that. This happened to me, now what? And, you know, and that's the now what is what, you know, as an athlete, you better start getting used to. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you'll get hit in the mouth and you'll definitely get hit in the mouth in life. But, you know, it's it's definitely something that uh, I like to embrace. And I definitely like to pass that on to 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 any of your listeners or anything like that. So awesome. I'm so grateful that you do this part because any sport is 80 percent mental for sure. So big time. Big time. And speaking of social media, how can my listeners connect with you on social media? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Twitter is underscore underscore cosign. C-O-E-S-I-G-N. That's me. Uh, I'm not always on there, but I definitely respond back, man. Definitely. So uh, if anybody wants to reach out, have any questions, DM me. Uh, definitely how about the positive. And um, like I said, anytime that I can speak positive in somebody's life, hopefully, um, they'll be better from listening to me for it. So grateful for, for you even doing this, man, because yeah, I don't man. think people really understand um, all these nuggets that you're giving out, how much they really, really impact your life. And like, like we always talked about, you know, football relationships, it's, it's, it does. Right. And it doesn't get talked about enough. 
Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, again, it's, it's an honor to have you on my show and, uh, and I can't wait for everyone to, to listen and, and tune in because you've got you got tons of lessons, man. So again, thank you for being on the show. <laughs> thank you for uh, sharing you allowing me to share some of my my downs with you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thanks, man.